Hello, and welcome to The Outliers. I'm McLean. Tyler was spared. Joining me for the first time, even though she's technically always been here, is our editor. Hello, I am the Great Satan, May. Also joining us, she's calling all the way in from Scotland, is... Hello, it's Iona, pronoun she, her, the namer of this podcast. Yes, yes, Iona, you are the one who suggested the name The Outliers when I described the idea for the podcast to you. I've been hey. regretting that decision ever since because yeah. because this happened. The, Aren't we, we watched friends? The wall. Yes. We're all friends here, right? Friends don't do this to each other. No, we. I mean, I should say everybody here is complicit in having me and everyone else watch this episode. I'll have you know, I walked in halfway through you two deciding to make this little suicide pact, so I claim no responsibility. To be fair, I signed my own death warrant with this shit when I suggested to you, McLean, as like a bonus all the way back, oh, hey, you should do Dog Walker's like weird movies he made. And I knew, I knew when I said that, it was like, that's going to come back to me. And it's came back. The chicken has come home to roost. Yeah, because I needed to buy time for the big series I'm working on. The Wall. Yeah, The Wall. I'm still so pissed off. So before Yeah, so why don't we all give our little, little individual background on where we come in to both the Nostalgia Critic and Pink Floyd. So I'll go first, since I'm the god of this podcast. I actually am kind of impartial to Pink Floyd. Like, I do like some songs, but, like, otherwise I'm kind of, like... I feel like Pink Floyd is one of those things where it's just, like, either outside your peripheral or you love it. And I'm definitely, like, the former of the two, which is, like, it's kind of just always been, like, a little not really in my world... But, like, I do like, like, uh, Wish You Were Here and some of their other songs I think are really good. Ironically, I think one of their better songs, too, is uh, a song that was made specifically for this movie that I don't even think is on the Wall album. When the Tigers Broke Free? Yeah, because it's talking... Yeah. Uh, just because of the message it, uh, that has, it's talking about, like, a very weird subject um, in regards to, like, British history in World War II. Uh, May, how about you tell us about your... <laughs> I have the very <laughs> same normie opinion of... I knew about... A few Pink Floyd songs beforehand. The only song off of the wall proper I've really listened to is Comfortably Numb. I knew the wall film exists, but I did not really know the contents of it until The Dugganing. I adore Pink Floyd. I have done since I was young. My parents both listened to them. You either sort of get Pink Floyd or you don't, and I definitely get Pink Floyd. But Pink Floyd's The Wall is not my favorite album by them. I don't... It changes all the time. But Pink Floyd's work is, in my opinion, evocative. It's fascinating. It at times is political. It at times even borders on philosophical. It has its flaws, but I don't think, even if you hate Pink Floyd, you could sort of look at their body of work and not conclude, well, that's a journey and a half, isn't it? And that's sort of, if you haven't ever listened to them, listener, I can only suggest you start today. I recommend Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, as for The Wall, I have never seen the film. I have seen bits from the film, like the musical the episode, yeah. excerpts from the album, things like that. Yeah, the giant scorpion, the montages and stuff like that. It's I am much more familiar... Scorpion. It is a vagina scorpion, yes. I am much more familiar with the album. The album is very much what I'm familiar with. And it's a good album. It's a it's a rough listen, I will say that, like from start to finish. But there are some amazing songs on it, such as obviously Comfortably Numb, Hey You, and probably the most famous Pink Floyd song ever, which is Another Brick in the Wall Part 2, which is the one that goes, We Don't Need No Education. So, big fan of Pink Floyd. Big fan. So, uh, now to talk about a less... Talented person, nostalgia critic. So, Doug Walker's a Chicago-based film reviewer. And I, 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 I strongly dislike this man. I, I don't know. Both reasonable to say he's a both a morally bad person and, like, a bad person when it comes to, like, having opinions. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I will say that he is very uncritical by default, if you watch his various reviews. He has a very service-level take on a lot of things. Would you like to know some fun facts about Douglas Darian Walker? Is that his real middle name? Yes. He was also born in Naples, Italy, because his dad was in the Navy. Yep. That's right, he's a Navy brat. I always forget that. He's also 5'11", so McLean, you are technically taller than him, so you could definitely kick his ass. Really? I always assumed he was, like, freakishly tall. So it's difficult to start with this film because you'd think it's like a normal nostalgia critic review. Well, like, I, I feel like we need to set up going what? in. For me, this is part of a, a long running saga of pain and misery because some time ago, six months ago, McLean so, reviewed the nostalgia critic movies with yes. Tyler, poor, innocent Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, who, when I said, hey, are you up to do this? Said, fuck off. Um, Thanks, Tyler. And, Shout and, out, uh, buddy. Once again, we needed filler content, so this plague has come back to roost in the second episode of the saga. Yeah. We're going to have to watch To Boldly Flee in Full now, you realize. You've made this a thing. We we did watch To Boldly Flee in Full. Oh. The review must be referring. You're referring to the one with the plot hole or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Yeah, To Boldly Flee, yes. The one with, like, all the poor taste jokes and Anakin. Ironically, that episode came out in September of 2021, the same month as this video came out. Not the same year, but the same month. Yes, huh. September 18th, 2019. The second worst thing to happen in September. It feels like it's been so much longer. I don't uh, know why. That's because it's been 10 I years. Mean, so like, also, like the talk about this review. This review was regarded as one of the worst reviews on YouTube. And, I mean, it got fucking ratioed. I hate it definitely it created thing. almost a renaissance amongst music reviewers on YouTube, I feel. In a weird way. I... I, we're about to trash it for a while, right? But I will say one weird positive of this is that I think I didn't know how many people who are sort of my age, like 20, 25, really liked Pink Floyd until I saw how many people got mad about this. So there's a plus, I guess. Based on this YouTube comment, as of when YouTube stopped showing dislikes, it had 88,143 dislikes. I had like 24K yeah. likes ish at the time. People who like, there were people, like, this thing transcended YouTube, like, to the point where there were people who never heard of Nostalgia Critic who were, like, going off on him. There were people who didn't really care about Pink Floyd. There were people who hated Pink Floyd defending Pink Floyd. Yeah. You know, music reviewers came after him, movie reviewers came after him. Which, like, the YouTube movie reviewer circle at this point is, like, I don't know, like, because there's, you have everything wrong with, or CinemaSins, who claims they are a review channel, but they're not. I mean, you have, like, what, Red Letter Media, you have... Your movie sucks, Ralph Ralph, the Movie Maker. Ralph the Movie Maker. everything. Which, they they just constantly need to generate outrage watches in order to make any money. The best, like, summed-up version of all this was Anthony Fantano when he just said, like, this didn't need to be done. He made a six-minute video just saying, no one needed this. This didn't need to be done. Yeah, and it it really doesn't, like, uh, sorry, this is going to happen to me a lot, but, like, I I can't believe I'm saying this about Doug Walker, right? Because it's obvious about his work. Anyone who's seen as much of his work as we have knows this is an obvious fact. But, like, there is no point to this video. And, like, I cannot stress enough, there is no point. Nothing happens. Like, so much happens, but nothing actually happens. Like, ah, it's infuriating. I think we need to attempt to go through the actual review, because people have seen snippets of it and think, oh, there's obviously... Mm. I thought, when I saw snippets of it, even in videos analyzing the review, oh, this is disconnected, there's obviously connecting bits, right? No. Yeah, Yeah, I think we should. There are no connecting bits. 
is just as disjointed and nonsensical as you think of it being. There's no, like, framing device, in a sense. It just sort of keeps going. A parody is a generous word to describe it, but it's what, du- it's a, it's what Doug Walker thinks the film The Wall is like. Which yeah, says more like, about I, him than it does anything else. Speaking of which, should we just quickly... Should we just quickly sort of make clear what The Wall is? Because it might confuse some people because it was an album and it was a movie. Yeah, uh, so... We're... This is the wall that, sorry. referring to the movie in most times when we're talking about what Doug's ripping off, but he's also widely ripping off the songs. Yes, which is my main familiarity. But just so for the listener, in case they don't know anything about Pink Floyd. So The Wall was an album that came out in 1979. It is a double album. It is a, it is a very deliberate concept album. So it tells the story of a main character called Pink. He has ups, he has downs. He It's, it's a story about fame. It's a story about trauma. It's a story about not dealing with your problems. It's a story about like an artist suffering, right? It's You can interpret it all sorts of ways, but there is like a very general plot there. The movie would come out in 1982, and and as I said, I have not seen it. But from what I understand, it is much more generally about British politics at the time. In 1982, that's by then, Thatcher is in power. So that, for example, When the Tigers Broke Free, which was made for the movie, not the album, is addresses that and also provides just general context for it. So just to be clear going forward, in the review, Doug does parodies of songs from the album, which also appear in the movie, some of them. But like, he's talking about the movie. So it's, you know... It's it blends together sometimes, is what I'm saying. But just in case anyone wasn't aware. Yeah, I feel like also just to set up a few more things going to this. So, like, the reason Doug Walker does these parody reviews is because he started this whole... He got slapped, basically, like a lot of YouTube creators did. They would reuse things from movies. Most like, famously when he got literally sued by Tommy Wiseau, I believe. Yeah, yes, which he did. is like, who gives a fuck? Like, that's two shitty people suing each other. Anyway, so what I was saying, so his whole take was, well, big studios don't want me to review their movies because people won't want to watch them then, which is just not true. The fact is he, like, posts, like, half the footage from movies. You can't really do that. Like, not, like, my political take that, like, copyright is, like, a perfect system, but, like, you also can't just post all someone else's movie. It's essentially a very lazy version of riff tracks. Yeah. In lieu of kind of doing the the specials he did, he now does these big reviews where for newer movies he obviously can't get the footage of, or movies he would frankly thinks that he can't get the footage of for copyright reasons because he doesn't know how to... You know, just show some light B-roll with gen- generic music over it to not get sued, like millions of other people on YouTube do. I Doug Walker though. wants to be a filmmaker, but he's bad yes. at it, so he does reviews. Yeah. And but he made, he also touted this review as a big special too. Like I was he did. Done. I was done, and I had to go back and look this up in their like feed and stuff you know they got cory taylor from slipstop they got rob scallon they got this thing called satellite city involved i only respect one of those things and my respect for it faded and i will say that right now that's cory taylor from slipknot i was gonna say i didn't know you were a furry oh god damn (laughs) yeah that was that shit was so fucking weird Oh, That's a confusing God. decision so, for me. Like, I'm not familiar at all with Slipknot. I know they exist, obviously, but just that, that just adds to the confusion as, as a viewer of this video. Slipknot is like one of those things, too, where it's like, I don't, I highly doubt there's a lot of uh, overlap in Duck's fan base of like major Slipknot fans. Either Corey Taylor needs to fire his agent or Doug Walker needs to give his arrays. Exactly. Some agents are like, well, yeah, this guy's YouTube and you'll be like popular with the YouTube. 
Or uh, Doug Walker has some insane fucking blackmail on Corey Taylor. Mm. So now enter the wall. So the wall opens on Corey Taylor sitting watching the wall. I'm correct. That's how it starts, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's like sitting down and he's away to watch like uh, the movie Pink Floyd's The Wall. One of the actresses, one of the actors for these skits, Tamara, dressed in a maid's outfit for some reason. Yeah, that's never explained. I've noticed. Yeah, that. I don't think that I don't remember that being a thing in the wall. It's supposed to be roughly an approximation of you know, oh, Pink is like moping around in his room because he's a mopey little piss baby, according to Doug. So that's what Corey Taylor is doing. He's a mopey little piss baby with the, with the sign on the door saying "Rockstar pondering, don't you dare fucking knock," which is supposed to portray Pink as like, well, Corey Taylor in the review, which is thus trying to be portray pink as sort of just an entitled whiny little piss baby of a rock star. So he's already like telegraphing what he, what he thinks on some level. I won't, I won't go into it now, but of the wall. Yes. Yeah. We also like his lack of utilization of people like Corey Taylor's booth been in actual movies as well as just fairly, a fairly funny person. Like he'll do these one man shows where he plays music, but interludes to tell funny stories in between. Yes, and they're it's, like really funny and worth checking out because like he's he understands how to work a crowd. It's a joke later on in the review that Corey Taylor does not say a single line until the end of the review, which would be funny for like a three minute video, but not a thirty five minute review. Corey Taylor, Doug Walker, and Corey Taylor's son have the most screen time collectively. Yeah, Corey and also Taylor... just again, it's sort of. It's like he doesn't want the work he's reviewing to say anything in defense of itself. It's He's sort of like, later on, he'll do that. And it's like, no, no, I'll do that because I understand what's going on. Yeah, he has he zero doesn't. conviction. Like, it, uh, a man with zero conviction, I think, is the best description of Doug Walker. He tries to replicate Pink looking back on his childhood. So his version of, uh, what's the song, The Day They Left the Tigers or The Day the Tigers Broke uh, The Day the Tigers Broke Free. Yeah. When the Tigers Broke Free, excuse me. For context, the name just... of the song, the first song is In the Floyd. When the Tigers Broke Free is when the wall broke. Right, because he does I, I hate it already. order too, which is... I deliberately didn't look up the name, the names he'd given to the songs, but I already fucking hate them. Thanks, man. So we start immediately going into the first musical number. Yeah. And it is just right away riffing... Film. It's... Yeah. It's hard to explain, right? Like to get across what you see and what you hear, because you un- you see it and you hear it, but you're like, "What is the whole here?" Well, and there's so many just it... jokes that don't make like. Okay, you guys saw the minute long comedy bit I made with Tyler, right, and my yes. other friend. Yeah. All right. I was given a script. I knew what I wanted. I made a joke, and it was funny. It was also a minute long. You can do that over longer periods of time. It's possible to make a funny thing that's a half hour long. Lindsay Ellis fucking knew how to do that when she was still on YouTube. Like, anybody who's relatively good at, like, figuring out writing and comedic timing knows that, like, a joke is only funny really in, like, three times max. So, I just want to point out some of the lyrics here, because the lyrics start to fade in from, like, Doug's version of When the Tigers With no free. captions either in the video or via YouTube, by the way. Yeah, none. So you have to try and at all. parse Doug Walker's uh, dulcet tones, like a hyena <laughs> getting its balls run over. Or hope other people have done that for you, which itself is a incredibly upsetting thing to have to 
But like, uh, there's just a few, there's a few choice lyrics, right? So one is like, when all the critics told you Pink Floyd's The Wall was shite. From what I understand, it had mixed reviews, but it was not like, oh, everybody hated it. But then, breathlessly, a few seconds later, he goes on from that to the art house eagle trip had fallen, then slipped. It's like, what? Okay, so that's what you think, clearly. Do you mind justifying that, Doug? And does he? Does he fuck? Does he fuck? Oh, God. And this is like three minutes in yes so three minutes in just a ton of ton of like self-masturbatory like look at me singing look at me dancing look at me doing this and a lot of just cuts in rapid succession of moments that will later come in the review as well as unrelated pink floyd images from like i assume it's pink floyd of their concerts and also from the wall itself yeah yeah. Notably, the band, I've noticed none of the band members are ever really depicted, even though there's plenty of footage of that. I noticed that. Um, I don't think also, he even says the name Roger Waters once. Also, I want to just point out, the only two pe- the only two other people besides Doug on Channel Awesome at this point are Brad and somebody named Guru Larry. Ah, uh, the great Guru Larry. Who, I have no clue who that is, but the, Neither that's do I. the only two people who remain... Don't worry, viewers. You and I are in the know, unlike these Philistines. Anyway, yeah, it pretty much, though, the intro completely misses the point. Just like, you know, this whole intro of the movie, The Wall, because I did watch the movie, was like, oh, yeah, the British government killed my father. Yeah. And Doug Walker's like, nope, I need to address. Like, if he had the moment, he'd say, like, you know, maybe this wasn't the best way to conduct, to, like, tell the story of, like, my father dying. But also, like, it's fairly clear that this movie is supposed to be in-depth self-reflection. Yeah, so that's another problem with this review, is that it's very surface level about the themes. It's more like Doug watched this out of obligation, didn't, and then just sort of based whatever the content was on out of his very surface level viewing because it what makes it infuriating is into a song about how well, you know it's a love that. letter to pink floyd oh fuck me we'll it's get to that to but, but another thing right and this is a specific album thing a bit later on when we're doing so another brick in the wall part two the most famous song of the album right there's a song before that that's like leading up to it and it's mostly just a guitar solo with a lot of like electric overtones and things like that now they do like a bit like a scene, which we'll get to. And you can hear that guitar riffing in the background. And I remember thinking, you wouldn't have that there if you hadn't sat down and listened to the album, right? You just you just wouldn't. You wouldn't think to put it there. So someone involved with this at least listened to the album. But that just makes it more confusing and weirdly put together. I Again, I can't speak to how familiar they are with the movie. But... If someone did that, was probably Rob Scallon, given that he was the other musician on this project. So, yeah, they do the brick in the wall bit after that, because they kind of just, like, for no reason, go right into that. Yeah, like, which is do th- well, like, being a bit quick. When it comes they... to bits that aren't musicals, it's just, oh, the nostalgia critic intro, you know, the requisite intro, which is about how the film got mixed reviews and did okay at the box office, and people saw it as pretentious. We then get mm-hmm. the first song, whichever name I forget, when the brick when the wall breaks free or whatever, which is literally the lyrical contents is the wall came out, critics didn't like it, and it was pretentious. The next song, of course, also starts out with how the wall came out, critics didn't like it, it was pretentious. So when it comes to the content yeah. of the songs, well, we have the same thing twice a in a row. more obnoxious one in my opinion, because Doug being the ultimate centrist 
complains about how schools don't teach enough real real issues, but also you shouldn't complain about schools in your song. Yeah. I have so much to say about this bit. Doug like, just this bit. very obviously middle-class upbringing. He cannot fathom the idea of uh, school being a genuinely up. abusive institution, let alone the kind of things the British school system did in the 50s that Roger Waters oh, 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 fucking... I dare say, like, upper middle class, like, I, I will say this, I as a member of the upper middle class, I can recognize my own, I recognize Doug as my own, um, I hate to say that, but He's a yes, Navy brand, uh, he was literally born in Naples, Italy. Maples. Yeah, McLean, you, you, you must become a class trader. It's okay, I, we'll help I, you. I know I am. I already does am that technically trader. make Doug Walker Italian? Yes, it does. Um, it depends, because if he might add, there's some weird... He would have EU citizenship, surely. Yeah, That's what I assume, like weird, as well, since he was legal, born in Naples. Or if, like, you're on a military base, it's technically U.S. territory. Huh. Yeah, I suppose. I'm not familiar with all that. Yeah. Right, could I... The they do the rip, their version of Another Rick in the Wall Part 2, right? One, it is so fucking long. It is insufferably long. One of the things I noticed re-listening to the album again last night was the original song is actually quite short. Doug Walker. <laughs> Would you like to know the title in the album of the song? Fucking go for it. Why we not? We need more victimization. Oh, fucking. Right. So, I don't know much about the American school system, right? But... The reason, part of the reason that Pink Floyd is so appealing to many different age groups in the UK, right? Because I don't, I don't want to undersell it. They are hugely popular in the UK, right? My mother loves them. My father loved them, right? My mother has said that my mother was born in 1970. And she has told me stories of like what the teachers were like when she was growing up, right? Now, The Wall came out in 1979. So it was about nine years later after she was born. So it's when she's in school, really, that this comes out. And caning children, basically abusing and beating children, emotional abuse, humiliation, things like that, are all still very much the norm. It was very normal for me growing corporal up in punishment. the UK. Yeah, yeah, corporal punishment, yeah. It was very normal for me in the UK growing up to be told how lucky I was because I had just missed sort of the worst aspect of the school system. This and, you know, I didn't quite feel that at, at the time, but I definitely do now. I can't give you the whole thing, right? But, like, there is so much to chew on the bone here with this song. And the visuals from the film, which I have seen, right? I've seen it for this song. There is so much you could read into it. There is so much you can take from it, right? Both emotionally as a person, as someone who appreciates good art, as someone who just appreciates good music, right? There is so much to digest here. And he takes such an unimaginative takeaway from it. Like, it's... I don't know how to respond to it. There's no words. I dare say he fundamentally does not understand that. Nor he either how cannot or does not care to understand the differing perspective. I don't on think he cares. I don't yeah, think he I think does. That's like I think that might be like the grossest thing about him in this review is that he like he pretended that this was like really close to him and that this was like a, something he, cared he fundamentally about. does not give a shit. Yeah. And like, look, he's not British, okay? I can understand he's not got that on-the-ground immediate understanding of, hey, the British school system is renowned for sucking and for being like a machine that turns you into a machine in turn so that you can do the same to your children, right? I get that he doesn't have like an immediate on-the-ground understanding of that. You could look it up. You could talk to a British person who's above a certain age. I'm sure you'll get something. He like, probably this is... has British fans. Like, I'm sure one of them would be happy to tell him about, like, yeah, here's my experience in the shitty British school system. Yeah. Also, like... The American school system, it like, I have a very limited view on the American school system because I went to a private school, a private school designed to particularly help people with learning disabilities. So I have a very limited view on this. Who's so, 
<laughs> yes. So, uh, but, man, you can't say that. Yeah. So, on the other hand, though, I know other people who did not, and they your experiences range from okay to less than stellar in terms of like less than stellar being my code for not good because like they went to schools that were underfunded teachers just generally did not care or some teachers generally had bigoted beliefs i mean things is you get to the teachers who support things like don't say gay because you know unfortunately shitty people end up becoming teachers and that on top of that many... worse i would say is the teachers who what do care but are unable to help certain students for one reason or another, because of the lack of funding and the lack of time able yeah, to get yeah. in. You know, Doug tries to, like, say some, like, walk this thin line of, like, well, we should have the, this track of school where, like, people are taught what he calls, you know, real skills with, like, fixing car and stuff. But, like, there's been this argument that, like, this industrial idea of, like, well, school just needs you to teach you how to get a job is kind of diminishing to people. Another thing I want to mention is that Doug spends so much of this review going on and on and on and on about how pretentious he finds the work and how like he he feels like oh they're just doing this to seem deep like they're, they're fundamentally insincere right is essentially his position insofar as he has one right Roger Water Roger Waters included this song and has said since that like part of his emotional reasoning for putting it there was that as a child he used to write poetry and got made fun of for writing poetry and like yeah. tell me does that sound like something that could maybe be read into as the sort of person doug is i think it can yeah i think the other thing too uh just like you know <laughs> we're really holding on to here and you know we'll, we'll jump into this so then he basically he goes through the other part of another brick in the wall and you know that part's very synonymous with there's imagery of these faceless children being like, you know, put on a train reminiscent of cattle cars they used in the Holocaust. And Doug gets upset that he's that he th of a comparison of the 50s British school system being compared to that of a totalitarian fascist regime that eats people up and chews them out or creates a system. This is another place where Doug Walker just cannot understand because for those of us, for those of our listeners who are not British, the British have like a thing about the war tm we do we do like uh I, i'll provide insight in a minute but i'm curious mccoyne because you've seen the movie what do you think was what, what do you think they were trying to telegraph in the original film excuse me and once again i thought with you guys this were gonna talk longer so may you're gonna have to edit because i decided to take a quick bite or something i'm eating i'm eating raisins this entire time i know i chose to eat something very dry and loud though but yeah, well, I, sorry. In the movie, I, I interpret it like in the actual movie. I interpret that this was talking about how, like, basically dehumanizing kids and abusing them is like slaughtering animals, in the same way that people were dehumanizing in the Holocaust. Yeah, treating people like cattle. It's treating yeah. people well, not as people, but as industrial tools, machines, like workers, yeah. resources to expend. Yeah. Also, Doug Walker, uh, when he. M lamp sh shades in his own Dougian way. Oh, this is is this a World War Two reference? Because he is too much of a pussy to say the word Holocaust. And like again, clearly knows nothing about the work. Like I, I don't mind telling you that in Britain, the image of children being herded onto trains it's not it's not specifically a Holocaust visual to us, right? I think it can be, but like it's much more just oh yeah, the war the way we have to send our children it, away I to the country. Like that's a very so. That's a very, like, poignant image that we still recognize to this day. 
because I think the way the film yeah. uses it more so definitely was more referential to the Holocaust. Fair Here's enough. The thing. Relatively speaking, America was unscathed through every war it was involved in. Yes. With the exception of 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, and America and Americans by default kind of see World War II as this thing that didn't really affect us, but I, like, I know someone who was in Germany, and they're like, yeah, basically a history class for us is explaining why there's still bullet holes outside of our school. But to, to bring it back to the wall, for all that the white supremacist system cared about the white people, the poor white people under it, look what happened to Roger's father. Look what happened to Roger. Yeah. You know? You know, talk about that, like, the movie, like, the, When the Tigers Broke Free is about Roger's father, or Pink's father as well, was a World War II f- veteran who was actually a conscious objector, but was an ambulance driver, so he was still contributing to the war because, like, the Blitz was happening, and after the Blitz, he decided he needed to fight. And, and immediately died. Yeah, basically the song is supposed to be how he felt about the fact when the British Army came back, but his father was not brought with them. Yeah, there's a, a line from it, uh, and that's when the high command took my daddy from me, which... Yeah. If I if I may just like put a stake here to say that this this bit in particular like is memorable, if only because, at least in part, it, again, it goes on for so fucking long, like yeah. their version of Another Brick in the Wall Part 2. But um, this, to me, is a good example, both if you just listen to the album or if you also watch the film, that... You can read this a few ways. So, like, for some people, yes, it's an explicit Holocaust reference, right? And for others, like for me, it's a general uh, reference to World War II and to sort of the imagery British people, any British person, would associate with World War II. And, again, it feeds into something Doug just does not understand. You can interpret it all sorts of ways. You know? It's not rote by any means. After we don't need more victimization, we cut to a confusing... So instead of Corey Taylor being sitting in Oh, wait, in the wait, chair, before, before we go, I want to talk about, can we talk about the fucking uh, Count, you know, you know. Oh, yeah, the Count fucking Dracula. Dracula voice. Because, oh, yeah, teachers, they're blood-sucking vampires. And it's just, like, it is, like, I get the image that he's, like, bullying someone he went to school with in his head. Like, that's the only way I could, like, think as to why he does that voice. It's so... This fucker went to college. Shut the fuck up. I it's so it. mean-spirited. It's you beyond words. All this bitching sells. Reminder that he's okay. selling an album for money about this. I honestly think his like thing of like, oh well, I know I only have a G- a high school education. It wasn't like a like, oh I'm dumb because I have a high school education. It was I'm smarter than you because I have my high school education. So I assume he presumes that what Roger Waters didn't get his high school education. But if you look up Roger Waters' education, you can see uh basically like junior school. Didn't he go to college? I'm pretty I sure he did, because, yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty what's... sure that's how the original members met at Pink Floyd. Yeah. They all met in college, so they yeah. Met in, some of them met in high school. It stated, I'm just looking at Roger Waters' Wikipedia, something way more effort than Doug Walker put into this bullshit. And, you know, I'm seeing, oh, like, he has a history of activism, and he got criticized for being anti-Semitic for saying, like, yeah, Palestine deserves a right, since, you know, Gaza's a prison. Free Palestine. Yeah. Free Palestine. Um, yeah, um, I think it'd be fair to say Roger Waters is a bit of a grumpy bugger. He certainly uh, has his takes, Roger but I, I, but he's fundamentally, I think, a good person. I think he he he's angry. There's an anger to everything he does, um, and you see it, I think, more clearly in the wall than in anything else. Roger Roger Waters always come across like me as a bit of like British Henry Rollins, which is like very politically outspoken, but also incredibly grumpy. Mm. Except I think 
uh, Roger Waters might have better takes than Henry Rollins. I don't know who Henry Rollins is, so... Henry Rollins is kind of the one who blazed the trail for there to be people like Joe Rogan's in terms of, like, stand-up comedians. Up for the self-masturbatory whining about yeah, how you're geez, I yeah, really want to the next... anything else about except this fucking movie, because this movie sucks so much. It, yeah, it genuinely is, like, so anti-enjoyment. 30 minutes... 35 30 minutes, minutes without the ad break in the middle and the cre- and the charity shout-out at the end, approximately. This is and an it feels so much longer. 35 minutes. Instead of Corey Taylor, we cut to Doug Walker for some reason sitting in the chair being angsty, where he is just, you know, oh, I'm a successful musician with millions, how can you expect me to be happy? Fuck yourself, Douglas. He is literally selling an album with more songs than were in the review. A line, by the way, that wouldn't take that much effort to make funny either. Yeah. You could make the, you could make a joke like that about Roger Waters and have it land, and he can't even do that. I can't tell if these songs were written and then cut, or if they were just written to justify selling the album. But before the re- the ad break, first we have the first appearance of the furry shit, and then oh, comes yeah. Billy Numb gets rat fucked. In the movie, song. this is about the point where the, the actual movie dives into Pink's problems with his relationships and basically being self-sabotaging all of it basically glossed over by being oh it's whiny songs whiny songs i feel like jesus i'm jesus and on on the album this is when we get into well there's two songs one that doug doesn't even touch called mother which is a harrowing song i think it's right after that uh, goodbye boy sky goodbye boy sky is a is a very evocative touching song in that it it evokes uh the blitz and sort of being powerless while planes are bombing your home your family your your town uh, not knowing what will happen to you uh, but it never uses like the word german or nazi or anything at any point and you know exactly what it's about it's one of the more effective songs on the album yeah and... it goes through a speed run of various songs that are only on the album to a bit about oh Corey taylor has fallen asleep because oh the wall is so boring there are so many slow boring songs and braddock shows up as the manager from the film the wall who in the film pink is ODing, but has to go out for a concert so that's why the manager is there to try and like revitalize him in this case and that takes into comfortably numb asleep. and then we get to comfortably numb comfortably numb out. mixes in then blue it's... sky as well he does he mix he, he does this weird thing where he mixes in other parts of the of it with these parts comfortably numb is the part where may's talking about where he's like overdosed and they're all like making noise around him and then so basically Corey taylor's left on the floor then it's the back of doug's bald head and then cut to the ad break uh i well before we start is there anything we could say that others haven't said when you really think about it you know that you've seen of doug walker in speeded up motion overreacting that's where this that means from and it's yes. bad for the data collecting service, honey. It somehow manages to like be so it's, totally not like the rest of the video that you it's, it's jarring. It's, and this video is already so fucking jarring. It's the most normal part of the review, which is just Doug Walker talking to the camera while also showing off his bald head. Yeah. Also in this part, too, he talks about how they made this album that they're selling. Describes it as a love letter to Pink Floyd. <laughs> I verbally said "fuck you" out loud. I remember yes. that. I was just so done by that point. And this, and we're we're only like eighteen minutes in at this point. We're at roughly the halfway point where the ad break kicks in. After the ad break, fascism. Yes. So in this part of the movie, is actually given modern context, one of the most disturbing parts of the movie because it shows Pink dressed up 
in this like very fascist facade, kind of reminiscent of uh, God. Who's the British uh, Union of Fascism guy? Uh, Oswald Mosley, yeah, very uh, which uh, which I think is very much what they're trying to evoke in the original film. Yeah, around his face is a dotted line and a caption: "Person you hate." As he walks out in a leather jacket, to a frankly jarring. So instead of like a fake crowd, it's a bunch of TV screens because you get it. They're on. They're all internet Twitter users. Also, and I think this is to justify the fact that they repeat the same, like, actor image in it several times. These are all just various, like, actors that do Nostalgia Critic, and they're all lore characters as well, which is extra infuriating. Like, you have the stalker lady, and you have Rob Walker's businessman dude. And then it cuts to Doug talking about how, oh, yes, this, this song is about Thatcherism, but it's so vague, it can be about anyone. You can just use this well, for any really scapegoat. Not. Yeah, the song is very specific in that it's about fascism. Like th- this, this part, this he song. He says words is... in the film that I cannot say and back he's to you. This this is yeah, post Charlottesville, U.S. Like he doesn't even have this excuse of like being culturally inept to this. Like, yeah, this is September twenty nineteen. Yeah, like he was well, like he just purposely avoided this stuff. And in um, the original, also, like the I original song the is pointedly from the movie, uh, just to give reference of like, and a real life uh, neo Nazi group ended up using the symbol from the movie uh, because yeah, the they two actually, hammers, yeah, uh, and they still exist, but though disbanded to a degree today. So this song to me is probably the most directly challenging to the listener slash viewer of any song on the album because you are forced to confront literally a fascist rally now in the song goes uh pink isn't well uh he stayed back at the to- at the hotel so they brought us along a surrogate band and in the plot it's that pink is basically so detached from himself and who he really is and what his hopes and fears have become that he just he kind of sags into fascism now it's if you were to just read it as the plot like that, it's, it seems a bit weak and you probably couldn't get away with it now. But the point is that Pink fundamentally is, is burnt out. He is beyond his breaking point and he has given up on sort of his personal struggle. The point politically, I think, is much more direct, which is this is in response to uh, the upswing in the 70s of things like the National Front, which are basically the successors to the British Union of Fascists. And... As May already pointed out, it literally uses slurs, including words for Jews that I will not repeat. It's fucking obvious and blatant. Like, there's no way you can interpret this a few ways in terms of like pink story. You can't it... interpret it in many ways politically. It is clearly like anti-fascist. Yeah, it's like here's opinion. the thing: if you think of someone during this song, because I did listen to this song because I was interested in it. If I am to think of someone during this song. And if I associate with them, that has a bad tell about this person. Because yeah. I have had leaders that I don't like. I don't like Biden. I wouldn't associate him with this song. I would fucking associate Trump because literal fucking Nazis rallied around the fucking yeah. guy. During during his election campaign, Trump was compared to this song because of his habit of literally pointing to people in his crowds and sort of saying, get them out and stuff like that. So in real life, in a Petri dish, real people made this comparison themselves, which again, I think speaks to the power of the original yeah. song. On the aesthetic level, we can also talk about how Doug misunderstands the song because you know in the in the reveal he's wearing a. I I I think it goes further than I think it's deliberate obfuscation. Sorry, he's wearing like a full leather trench coat sort of thing. You know, he's supposed to be like, oh yeah, Nazi because he's wearing the leather coat. 
But that's very much not the aesthetic that is being evoked by the film, because Mosley's thing was more like slim outfits, you know, full body things, and in the film, uh, Pink is dressed in a very similar outfit. It's not the kind of SS overcoat sort of thing. It's a very different, very specifically British kind of fascist imagery that is just basically ignored except for kind of the two goons he has on either side of him. Yeah. Because Doug can, cannot fathom, you know, that this is a different thing. And he and let's just say he makes the song about people being upset at him on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, essentially, it's about Twitter. And I, what was it? I said like when he walked out and he had a person you hate ran around his face. I said, Doug, that's just you. I hate you. Yes, it is unintentionally very useful as an image, just for one's feelings about Doug. Other McLean quote: Doug Walker fundamentally. Doug Walker thinks Facebook is still relevant. Yeah. I don't say the other quote I have attributed because I'm pretty sure that could actually get me in a lot of trouble. And okay, and edit the, that out. Um. <laughs> I I do I actually do think that in his own limited understanding, Doug does understand that this this segment of the movie and the songs is about fascism, and he just chooses to sort of weaponize that against so all like, the people he in, hates. In the not so awesome document, uh, a lot of the creators said they leave because when they were like, "Hey, we're getting like sexually harassed, sexually threatened, or like we're being like racist comments," they took a stance of, "Oh, well, we don't want to make anything political, so just don't, just ignore it." Yeah. So he, I think he's fully aware of the fact that he is at least parented, if not allowed, for a community to become very hateful and allow for, like, full-blown racism and fascism to probably thrive within it. It's apolitical in the sense that it will allow whatever the fan base is to just fester and boil into these Which itself is political, though. Yeah, yeah, like, the the decision that one is apolitical is itself a political position and almost unfailingly a reactionary one. Yeah. Also, there are iPhones um, goose-stepping. Can we talk about the goose-stepping iPhones? Oh, God. We, That's yeah. more, he's trying to invoke the uh, whole... Hammer imagery from the film, but worse, because it's about Twitter, because they right. always and be he's on them like, Oh, and Twitter, people on Twitter is the problem here, because he can't think to himself, hey, is that maybe a problem that, like, you know, this is my opportunity to say, like, hey, maybe this shouldn't still be a relevant part of the movie. Or, like, hey, this part of the movie is weirdly relative. He's like, no, people are ma- mean on me to Twitter. You and say this is person definitely- is a villain on Twitter, but yet you use an iPhone. I'm very he, intelligent. He, he takes imagery that is very much, like, the original imagery that is very much meant to evoke, like, industrialized capitalism and turning be- people literally being treated as cattle as machines it's meant to in- it's meant to invoke a sense of dread in the viewer i think because it's supposed to make you realize that this is how the upper classes see us and it takes this and turns it into iphones and people being mad at him on twitter like it's it is laughable like it, it's not even laughable it's not even funny like that's the thing it's not even pathetically funny it's just sad like yeah unbelievably sad i i personally just like i think the movie itself is like at this point the review is kind of disgusting i'd say even for how yeah because this is my equivalent looking at like something like i don't like this is like looking at the great dictator and saying you don't like it because oh i didn't think i think the comedy lands flat and clearly you shouldn't make comedies political and I, mm. I've given my opinions on the Great Dictator on this podcast in depth. It's a good know, review. It, it's, 
It's it's a movie that really invokes the kind of terror that was World War II. Yes, it's a comedy, but there are some dark moments in that movie. Um, and, and it also, like, a fundamental... That's actually very like, funny, because you know what Nostalgia Critic has named one of his cats? What? Chaplin. Fuck off. He's never Fuck watched off. a Chaplin movie in his life, because, like, Chaplin was himself, even in his movies, incredibly political, and Doug Walker fears being political in the most amazing way possible. But, like, anyway. just... I, I know we've been going on about this for a while, but just the other thing... The that I meant to mention in my sort of intro to my path of Pink Floyd is that like Pink Floyd has its flaws, right? Like they're not a perfect band, right? By no means. I I could absolutely understand something having problems with like this song, uh, like in the flesh and what it attempts to do because yeah, it's some pretty direct and heavy stuff. But like they are at heart anti-fascist and anti-authoritarian i'd say i don't think you can really put more on pink floyd politically directly than that but like that they are those two things is undeniable and to just like there's no examination of that there's no acknowledgement of that would you like to have a song name for this one i believe it's waiting for the point because oh it's pointless they're just twitter complaining because they they, just want to tweet they just need somebody to hate to feel validated because it's twitter yeah. It's Twitter. Also, you're not going to win an Oscar. It's just Twitter. Like, it's ironic because that's what I spent the whole fucking review of his doing, waiting for the point, and it never yeah. comes. And it cuts well, from wait, waiting for the point to bring the runtime down, which is supposed yeah. to be a dig at the film's runtime. It's but... also a disgusting um, like rendition of uh, Bring the Boys Back Home, which is a yeah. very heartfelt song about yeah. uh, about pacifism and about taking soldiers away from all those faraway bases of empire and bringing them the fuck home. There were people singing that in Iraq war protests in 2003. Like, it's a song with a lot of heart, and it's disgusting the way he fucking... Because also, like, and yeah, like, I I am about to do something that's not necessarily the Iraq war, but kind of the predecessor to the Iraq war. Um, Operation Desert Storm. And, yeah, one of the things I'm going to dive into is, like, that kind of, like... So Desert Storm set up Saddam as bad dude, Don't we don't like him. But, like, when it came to protesting Iraq War, like, so many... Like, I think there was something like 70% of Americans were in favor of the Iraq War. Which, if you're American, you should understand why that's a fucking insane statement. Yeah. Yeah. Not 70% of Republicans, not 70% of Democrats... 70%, yeah. Mm. And, like, not the podcast to have this conversation, but, like, rightfully so, 9-11 fucked up a lot of Americans. But we very quickly realized, not as quickly as we should have, that, wait, why are we sending these people to go die somewhere to oppress this other country for imperialism? Like, yeah, but I digress, because we're getting off point here. Like, you know... The whole point of like this is like Doug sees these things that are like really heartfelt mes- messages, and all he can think of, well, boy, this movie's been on for a long time, and the movie's not even that long; it's an hour and a half. After a solid almost ten minutes of consecutive songs, and this is coming from Doug, motherfucking! I made a three and a half hour movie longer <laughs> than The Godfather, fucking Walker, that you watched as well. Yes. 
God damn. Also, uh, May, I'm going to apologize for when you're doing the audio because at this point, when I was just looking at my little thing, I just saw, I tried to bring it down, but it just red beamed the entire time. Oh, so dear. It beamed. Well, I um, imagine mine's going to be full of those. After that. I've been like fiddling with yours as I. After all of that, we cut to Doug Walker and Corey Taylor staring each other down in like a hallway of the lot they filmed this in, in the hallway of the studio. Where we see various posters of the Nostalgia Critics various reviews, which is just so up his own ass. And yeah. and you think, oh, are we finally gonna have a point? We're gonna have like these two parts uh, you, merge you, pink or Corey hey, Taylor as pink and nostalgia critic are gonna meet. Bring bring the phone. The furry shit happened. This is, Let's talk about the furry shit, McLean. I wanna so talk like, about the furry shit. It, okay, I'm gonna say this first. In terms of like disgusting the movie has been disgusting. Like the review, I keep calling it a movie. It's re- it's just a review, though. It has been disgusting in, ten- in terms of tone, in terms of messaging. This was the most visually disgusting part of the movie, I think. Reveal. Like I thought it was just kind of gross to watch. I felt gross watching it. Just before before we get into that one I one thing, I do want to say apology to the furry community. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, we're not, to, to be clear, we're not disparaging furries here, we have furries who are friends of ours, but just, uh... We have the furry it's, word card. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not claiming that, but, uh, just, I want to say before we get into this sequence that, like, the whole, the whole bit with, like, Corey Taylor in the hallway is just, it doesn't need to be there, it doesn't explain anything, and it feels like the end when you get there, right? It's like maybe, right, what, 27 Corey minutes in? to speak, because we actually have to go through a whole other sequence before the end, so this is... The trial. So Benos, this is where we the get trial. the satellite city part. No, um, none of he, us know who he is, and none of us care. I googled it, um, and like, it's basically like really weird furry sketch comedy things, like made by somebody who clearly has a boner for Alice in Wonderland. Which, fair enough. I mean, look, I'm not going to pretend that I consider that to be the highest art, but it's interesting. It's 3D right? animation, which is a certain level of effort that even with the Doug Walker level of quality is still an impressive level of effort for something so fundamentally Wait, missing the point of the film good. and creatively bankrupt. Like, like this is still it's the animations themselves were like bad though. Like I, like yeah, yeah I get the corners it that were indeed cut. Yeah, we can acknowledge we can acknowledge that the labor of the work was taxing and requires genuine skill while acknowledging that it wasn't part. well done. And it's not I, good. They are it's wrong. It's just different. The reason it's I keep thinking it's the best part is because it's an part. entirely different level of bad from the rest of the video. Because it's basically made with no involvement. It's based from the rest of what it. What is this song called? In the, the Trial. Oh, so they actually... Yeah, it's tri- The Trial. And that's also, I believe, the longest song in the air quotes album of Nostalgia Which is really funny because the, the Trial song in the actual album, The Wall, is... I don't want to say quick, but like... I don't think it's the longest. I'm pretty the sure the longest. Five minutes is... and twenty three seconds. Oh, maybe maybe it is the longest then. Well, but no, like, no, no, I'm pretty video, sure their version is longer. Yes, the the version, nostalgia Critics version, is five minutes twenty three seconds. Wait, really? They're both exact? No, I I was never saying the original versions runtime. Just the nostalgia oh, right. critics. The original was long, but I don't think it's the longest track on on the album. And like. Yeah. I, I right. I'll let you. You guys can talk the about the right, stuff. Then... is a real kick in the nuts here because some of the singing here, upside. You have people who aren't Doug Walker singing, which is automatically better. Downside. 
They're fucking incomprehensible, and with no subtitles, it is genuinely difficult. Well, because they're all speaking with like what I, I'm guessing were like very fake British accents too. And they're all very, yeah. very. Most of them are singing very like high, very throaty, which makes it even higher. And, and understand. also like layers of auto tune that's just and also like unlistenable. Just I think because May you rewatched it and I was there. Um, because I wasn't really paying attention. I rewatched it after we rewatched it. Yeah. Oh God, what is wrong with you? Um, I know what is wrong with you. And was it? It was uh, Sam who's like, yeah, this is just like quite genuinely uncomfortable to look at. Yes. Yeah. I should note in yeah. my notes I have the furry shit twenty nine fifteen to thirty six forty nine. We get a good seven minutes of the esoteric esoteric furry hellscape. Which is longer yeah. than the oh, Jesus Christ. Also, like, uh, this feels dumb to even point out. They skip over a whole bunch of songs to yes. get to this point, but I'm I don't okay mind that. that, to be yeah. honest. Anyway, we now get to what is the long awaited ending, which ends with Doug Walker. Well, just first, leaving. Corey just Taylor, Corey Taylor Lee complains that it's like, hey, no, wait, I'm wait, 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 sorry. Sing a song. Sorry, right, I'm going to have to interrupt here, but, like, is that all we're saying about the trial? Because I do have things to say. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, go tell. ahead, but, like... If you actually parse the criticisms there, which is mostly, oh, the animated bits don't have enough character development, which is a non-criticism. That is not the point of the animation bits in the wall, and it is just a complete, pointless, fake criticism. It's something you think of when you're trying to fill in an essay for homework. Yeah, fair enough. So, to to me, the trial sequence has, like, two two things you can, like, pick apart. One about Doug himself, and the other about how he interprets the wall. So, so first of all, he interprets the trial, I think, because the song's called The Trial, as, oh, we're putting the movie on mm -hmm. trial, which you have not earned the fucking right to do that, either in the review or in any of your previous work. Fuck off, first of all, Doug. Right? Just want to fucking really make that very clear. He's being so yeah. fucking up his own ass with that. But So, the trial in the album, and again, for me, it's the album, is uh, Pink confronting his demons. So, like, it, it's not actually a trial. It's happening in his head, right? Because it's a musical album, and you can interpret it in many different ways, right? It's not literal. And he's on trial from, like, his headmaster in school, his mother, his, his wife slash girlfriend slash mistress, right? And it's heavy stuff. And I, it's not really uh, musically dare I say beautiful exactly but it's functionary to the plot of the album and the movie and I would say it is effective in that it's, it's uncomfortable where all these plot threads come together in our yeah it's where every it's the climax of everything that the album has been building up to this point and you know the the, the very last parts of the song is like a chorus of people slowly starting to say tear down the wall and then the the court master who's called worm which again oh, is worm. a reference to waiting for the worms um saying like you have been exposed you have exposed before the court your deepest fear uh of being judged by your peers um i said i sentence you to tear down the wall and it's essentially pink's character being forced to confront his demons and be vulnerable for the first time right it's a fascinating you can interpret it in all sorts of ways you can apply it to your own life right like, there's a, again a lot of meat on the bone here you, there's a lot you could do with this and doug seems to just discard all of that like all of it except for the very very faint aspect of well you're sort of uh, there's a main character on trial and it's 
they're on trial from something that's very weird. So like it's it's worm in the album, and like he's he, he makes it this fucking furry creature or whatever. Now, Doug seems to just about understand that Pink Floyd as a band, and I'm just talking about the wall here. Like I put this in my notes, not just the wall, but like in general their work, right? Visually. It's very, you know, it's abstract, it's surrealist, it's designed to be evocative, right? But he it's designed doesn't understand to, you know, the point of any of it. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't understand the point of any of it. He doesn't understand like why why Pink Floyd as an entity sort of have this as their visual aesthetic. He just he just doesn't get it. And it shows so much uh, here. Uh, I don't know. For the sake of time I think we we need to carry forward. Well there's, okay, not, much, fine, there's yeah. not much left to talk about. It literally yeah, cuts to he smashes we're, we're down past the proverbial the wall. Mark. We're past the hour ten mark. So. Yeah. Oh, this is oh, McLean. This is gonna be a long one, regardless. You know he that he smashes know, down to the proverbial wall. It cuts yes. to Corey Taylor, who has once again fallen asleep. God, I wish that were me. And then, of uh, course, he just was like, "Okay, I'm gonna leave now." And then and Corey, then Corey Taylor, Taylor finally speaking, like, is like, yeah. "Yo, what the fuck? I haven't even gotten the line." And nostalgia critic being like, "Oh, is the movie ended on such an open vagueness? It makes sense the review ends on such an open vagueness, which." Uh, yeah, I don't know. How does and that like, make you so feel? I'm gonna complain about him. This is the same guy that watched fucking Mad Max Fury Road, and like this movie that has so many messages, also about fascism, ironic fascism, like the sovereign, sover, the sovereignty of women, uh, how they're treated in our society, and you know the use of resources and a culture that turns people cruel. And it's like, oh, it's like Roadrunner. Oh my god, and like. McLean, I'm I'm very curious with your opinion of this. He says, uh, it, you know, it makes sense the review should end on such an open vagueness. So does the film end on an open vagueness? I'm just curious about that. Yeah, it does. Okay, yeah, but that makes sense because that, the it, album it, is cyclical, so it would make sense the movie does. But that, it yeah. ends in a way that makes you think that, like, oh, maybe he can get better from here. Yeah, there is the actual yeah. ending instead of just okay, bye. He, and there's a point to it. The critic yeah. and. Even, Doug even has the balls to have Corey's line be, it's a review, that's literally the opposite of what that is. Uh, as, to, like, a counter to his non-ending. And then he just says, oh yeah, I like the film, it was alright. Which is a total non-ending, like a non-review. It's just like, oh yeah, it's alright. A non-statement. A little film of itself, it. but ultimately... Music and imagination. You know, a non-opinion. Yeah. yeah. Then Corey Taylor plays the SpongeBob SquarePants theme. The and most bearable part, and I, and I, and then we and then we're here, and then we're here, and then we're here. So yeah, overall, I hated you, this. Yeah, I hated I, everything I, about it. What did you guys think of the wall by nostalgia? Critic? I want to strangle him with his own tie. <laughs> I, I genuinely tried not to feel insulted, and I still felt insulted. Like, not just as a fan of Pink Floyd, not just as someone who appreciates good art. Was less excruciating. It was, yeah. So, like, okay, this is for people who don't know. Me and May are sad people and will watch things like the Untergang Downfall, which, if you don't know, it's a 2004 film about the last the 10 days of Hitler's movie. life. That's not the point. Really I found that more bearable than watching this shit, and that movie is nearly three hours long. There are many things I would rather do than ever sit through this shit again. And uh, McLean, um, I understand, buddy, why I did it. You know, gotta, gotta pass it back. Uh, but fuck you. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you for you having me on. And also for this outfit. I feel, nothing but, hey. I feel nothing but joy from all of this because I'm a sadistic bitch. Uh, yeah, you you both. Well, I owed a more. I did volunteer because this, it means so I'm like, finally on the pod. But still. yeah, you volunteered for this suicide mission. I just sort of. But there's a up. cost, McLean. There's a cost. 
Uh, All right, closing statements we've done. Uh, McLean, how are you today? Um, I so how can I say this? Doug Walker as a filmmaker is an abomination; should never be respected. And um, I actually came across um, you know, Quentin reviews. Yeah. Yeah. So I came across a podcast he mentions in his video talking about the three uh, the three part masturbatory fest that is. Uh, the three-hour masturbatory fest that is uh, to boldly flee. Because keep in mind, the message of that self-masturbatory piece of shit is reviewers are like the uphold most important part of film of the film world. Uh, which yeah, I would shit. argue in the modern in the modern times, critics are kind of pointless. Like they have I, their point, but yeah. But like people less. are so able to put their opinions on it so easily that it's now like not limited to per a person who's on TV or the news newspaper that like you can get these large majority opinions. And I will say there are still some movies that aren't meant for the masses. They're more meant to be reviewed in small individual doses. But on the other hand, I think Doug Walker doesn't quite, he gives himself too much credit. Oh, and, gotcha. Uh, they pointed out uh, in this podcast that I was led to by Clinton reviews um, one of the, the one of the people who makes the podcast, their mom is a person in the industry, and they were reading through something. Some and they just said like, you know, about the this filming is conditions like, of the various movies. And they pointed out like that you like you you can't film a three hour movie in a week, which is what they did for to boldly flee. Hmm. Um, and because you know, it'll either be garbage, or it'll be garbage, and you lose your actors because. If you, you can't have yeah. actors do it because they have standards, and you can't if you have your friends do it, they're not going to be your friends anymore. Yeah, uh, you too have seen that video, and uh, yes. yeah, and I, I mean I can tell you for a fact, like yes, I have filmed things in a day. They're about a minute long, and we spent the whole day filming them. You know, filming is fucking hard. You spend days filming. You spend weeks editing. You spend hours reviewing and recutting you spend you know minutes praying to god that it's gonna be good like i i I kind of wish i could see yeah he has none of that i kind of like wish i could see your version of like a review of the wall mcclain i'm not saying do it but like say for whatever reason you had to do that i I, it would be so much better it would be so much more interesting like i know i've seen enough if i recreated the wall like if i had the like one i also unfortunately don't have a doug walker budget because like even though it's probably not stellar it's still a budget superior to what i could have at the moment and i would you know maybe i would maybe hey maybe i'll make this review about all these things a reflection of being an american society like oh you know they set the tiger tree maybe make that about like how the U.S. government like killed my family via just negligence through COVID. Well, cor- or, yeah, COVID. Or uh, what's the song after the set? Or the any tiger kind tree? of commentary which would be appropriate. Uh, to after that, it's commentary. After that, it's in the flesh, like the first yeah. part in the flesh question mark. Yeah, in the flesh. Yeah, in the flesh. Or then even you know the really disturbing fascism part. I would just that part. I feel like you could unchange and use that as a whole thing. And I actually watched the movie. And you want to know my honest opinion of the movie? You didn't like it. I didn't like it. I thought it was That's a little too enough. abstract. But I you thought, under- like, but you took the time to understand what it was saying. Yeah, and here's the thing. I didn't loathe it either. Like I have seen worse films. It was kind of like one of those things. Like ah, that was kind of that kind of sucked. 
you have respect for what it attempts to do, right? Yeah, would that be fair? I've seen I've seen movies I would spend more time raving about how much I hate, such as all three movies Doug, <laughs> you piece of shit have. I hope Doug Walker looks up Nostalgia Critic on Spotify thinking he's going and sees this. And it's like, oh, somebody reviewed my stuff. And Doug, if you're listening and you made it this far, fuck you. You've allowed monsters to come up around you. You have never taken a stance for anything. And you have put people in fucking danger. Fuck get you, real man. opinions, asshole. Get, get a real opinions. Actually think about the world around you. Be introspective. People are beautiful. Next time on you... The Outliers, no idea. Yeah. Follow yeah, us on Twitter uh, probably... at, at PodOutliers. Yeah. P-O-D-O-U-T. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Go listen go to, to Pink Twitter, Floyd. Listen to Dark Side of the Instagram. Moon. Listen to Pink Floyd. Follow us on Twitter Watch. so it's not just all of us following our own Twitter. Yeah, oh, okay. right. oh, wait. Are we doing... This is the pluggables, right? Well, yeah. I, we can plug things. I'm just plugging the Twitter because... No. I, I mean, I have nothing to plug. Uh, fuck, what do I... Oh, I have a Twitter. Uh, Iona... Is it under slash Oxide? Just look at the followers for the Outliers pod. You'll yeah, find you'll find... Yeah, just look at... Yeah, yeah, you'll find three. me. You'll, you'll find, find me. Everybody... Alright, have a, have Every a wonderful man, day. Every man, a king. We didn't mention you all. Be blessed but... and be safe to <laughs> you all. And to all...